All right, everyone. I think we have a good quorum here in the audience, so I think it'll it's good to get started. Um, I'm speaking from the Fiat DAO account, but my name is Max. I'm with the core uh, team on Fiat DAO, and this is the second installment of our AMA series. Um, so, for those who are familiar, uh, we we launched the Fiat DAO. About a month ago now, um, have been doing a, a Jubilee event over that period of time and are well underway with the actual kind of like implementation of, of V1 of the Fiat protocol. And so we're excited to be hosting an AMA series uh, that we kicked off last week with Notional. Tonight we have David from Tempest and we'll be looking to do these throughout uh, December and, and January uh, in the lead up to the launch. Um, of, of our V1 uh, product. Um, for those who aren't familiar, uh, what we're building at Fiat is a protocol uh, that will allow users to access leverage uh, on their fixed income assets. So when you think about fixed income assets in DeFi, um, these are you know, the ones that you might find from a protocol like Tempest, from Barnbridge, from Element, from Notional, essentially just, you know, guarantees uh, of yield of some sort at a given point in the future. And we're excited to have Tempest uh, with us tonight to talk about their specific implementation of, you know, this more general concept and, and how they got there. Um, so without further ado, um, I think David is on, on the line with us. Yep, I'm here. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks very much for uh, organizing this. It's uh, actually we have a couple of we have quite a few AMAs this week because uh, our mainnet launch is just coming up next week. So, uh, but it's good to you know talk to more people anytime. Of course, and we appreciate you making the time uh, to kind of chat with our community as well. Yeah. No worries. Happy to do it. To kick things off, David, would you be able to tell us a little bit more uh, about your background? Yeah, sure. Um, maybe I can give a little bit of an intro about uh, myself first and then, you know, dive into Tempus after that. But so basically, um, I come from a legal background. So I, I did a law degree in the UK. Um, after that, I went to do my training contract at a big law firm in London, uh, did that for a couple of years. And after that, I moved uh, to Tokyo. Uh, I did mostly derivatives and structured finance related work the big banks and, and for big hedge funds, uh, mostly structuring their investments and coming up with more exotic derivative structures to kind of match their needs. Um, I did that for, for a couple more years. Um, and then I left uh, sort of the, the legal world. And then I joined um, an interoperability startup called Interlay, um, who are, you know, at the moment building the uh, uh, Bitcoin Polkadot bridge. Um, I worked for them as head of operations for a while, and then we started off Tempus together with my co-founder in April this year. That's awesome. Uh, what made you make the transition uh, from the more traditional background to, to Interlay in the first place? Uh, I think it was just like kind of the usual thing. Like if you're working a you know, traditional finance job uh, at a big corporation or at a big law firm, it's usually the same kind of thing. So you know, you end up uh, doing kind of repetitive work over time. And then I think um, I realized uh, kind of early on that 
that uh, DeFi is here to stay. And, and, and I, I was looking to make a move at that point. Got it. W was the decision to launch Tempest kind of informed about what you were, you know, doing personally in crypto in like 2020 uh, with, with DeFi summer, or did you have kind of the, the urge to build something like Tempest for a while and, and then you uh, realized think, it was now time? Yeah, I think it was kind of like a, a match between my previous experience and also something that was, you know, very much needed at the time. Um, I did like a lot of work in, in interest rate, about like interest rate swaps and in general interest rate derivatives. Uh, you know, a lot of hedging transactions, uh, other, you know, interest rate derivatives, uh, mostly OTC stuff. Um, and I saw, you know, like that's basically like a, a product that most people don't realize, but it exists in basically every person's life. If you have a mortgage that's a fixed rate mortgage, there's an interest rate swap there. Uh, if you're getting a fixed yield on any of your, you know, in your bank account, for example, there's a good chance there's a swap involved, but you don't know about it. Um, in a similar sense, like I thought, you know, DeFi, um, this area is not yet developed. We haven't really seen too much institutional need for this yet at the time. Uh, since then, it's kind of developed quite a bit. Um, but I thought it was like a good match between my previous experience and also my interest in crypto to, to start up a project like this. Definitely. Um, and, and for folks who aren't uh, familiar just yet, w would you mind giving a high-level overview of, of how Tempest is able to offer fixed yields? Sure. Um, so Tempest, at its heart, is basically a feature yield tokenization protocol. What that means is what we do is we lock yield-bearing tokens uh, that accrue some form of variable yield. So, for example, staked ETH is going to be our, our primary focus in the next uh, month, basically. Um, we take that token, we lock it into a contract with a certain maturity date, uh, and then we create two zero-coupon bonds out of that um, yield-bearing token. We create the principal token that is a zero-coupon bond that matures to face value, so it matures to the amount that you put in at the start, and we also tokenize the future yield um, in the form of the yield token, which is also a zero-coupon bond that basically matures to the amount of interest that accrues on each unit of principal between the date of your deposit and the end date of the pool. So out of basically one primitive, we create two new ones, two zero coupon bonds. One is basically, uh, it matures to a known value. The other one is matures to an unknown value, right? After that, what we do is we allow users to trade these two primitives against each other. So uh, the principal token against the yield token through the custom AMM that we've built on Balancer V2. Uh, this allows for a bunch of different use cases. Uh, the AMM stands in the middle and its function is to kind of imply what the market thinks is the exchange rate or the exchange rate implies what is the market implied yield for that pool. Because of how principal and yield interact with each other in the real world, you can look at the ratio between the two in respect of a pool to figure out what the market thinks is going to be the yield, right? Um, and at that point, you know, let's say the, the AMM is implying a, an exchange, you know, like a APY of 7% for a state ETH pool. Based on that, people can make bets against each other. Um, so it's kind of like a risk reallocation mechanism. In a, on practical terms, if you want to get a fixed yield, the source of that fixed yield is you take the, you know, you mint two, two tokens, the principal token and the yield token, 
and then you sell off all of your yield tokens in exchange for somebody else's principal. So you basically swapped this unknown amount of yield that you would accrue in the future for a more certain yield um, that is in the form of the principal token. And you can exactly lock in the amount of money that you will receive on maturity. And when you're talking about pairing um, the, the principal token against the yield token, is, is that done directly or is that uh, accomplished through kind of a shared um, denominator, right? So like um, would you have two pools that both have ETH uh, pairing against the respective principal and yield token or? No, so we have a single pool. So single this pool. is the kind of like, this is the main differentiator between Tempus and, and other designs is that we have a single pool. Um, mm -hmm. And the single pool comes with a variety of benefits. Um, what it allows liquidity providers is that they can basically deposit um, any yield bearing token into Tempus to provide liquidity. And you can use your principles and yields that were just minted to provide liquidity, right? And what that allows people to do because there are no ETH or you know, other stable coins in the picture you can maintain the exposure to the entire underlying yield that stake these offers, plus you get the swap fees on top of it. That's fascinating. Uh, did, did you pick uh, staked ETH uh, for a, a particular reason? Uh, did you see it to be the, the largest market uh, for this type of for need uh, at the um, current state of DeFi? Or? Yeah, I, I think so. I think... Um, we, we kind of identified from an early stage that there is like a lot of institutional need for a strong, trustless, uh, fixed ETH 2.0 staking solution. Um, at the moment, that product doesn't exist and, and we're trying to fill that gap first. Uh, obviously, like Lido, I think at this point, they have something like $7 billion locked in a single pool. So the market opportunity is there to kind of try to capture, you know, a significant uh, percentage of that right from the start. And, you know, we also had a very close uh, collaboration with Lido. We had a, we have a uh, grant that we received and, um, and they, you know, continue to support us. So I think like that was like a good first target for us. But that being said, you know, for the next pools where we were gonna have high yielding stablecoin pools, uh, Rory Capital, urine integration, everything else will come out um, over the next couple of months. Got it. Do you see the users of uh, these staked ETH pools kind of being, you know, is it is it more of an institutional versus retail narrative? Or do you see kind of users from all different backgrounds, you know, finding a reason to go uh, longer, longer, short, so, so to speak? Um, I think it's kind of a mix. Um, it's really difficult, you know, just because of the nature of the industry that we work in, it's really difficult to say which user is, uh, who's an institution, who's a whale, who's a retail user. Um, but I think um, mainly, I, I, I mainly see a need for fixed rate staking on the institutional side, but um, for basically any other yield, I think now the market is kind of shifting. Uh, traditionally, it was more institutions, but I think we can see more people enter into the DeFi space who are who come from like a more traditional background. So they, their risk profile is somewhat more conservative. Um, and we can see that like a lot of projects are trying to bridge the gap between DeFi and, and traditional finance. So for example, let's say you have an app on your phone um, and you've never used DeFi before, fixed yield for you is gonna be very attractive even though you're a retail user, right? Um, so I think like, 
traditionally more institutional, but nowadays it's uh, it's kind of like a 50-50 split, in my opinion. Cool. Um, t taking a quick step back, um, uh, I, I believe you launched a kind of community program uh, in, in the past called the the SIRS NFT program. Um, yeah, it'd be cool yeah. to kind of hear, you know, how that's impacted um, kind of your, your launch roadmap and what, what you think that's, that's kind of um, the, the implications of that, you know, as you roll out your product now. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I think for any DeFi project, it's very, or not just any DeFi project, but basically any project, it's important to start building a community from start, right? Uh, however, if you're building a product uh, that is in its very early stages, so probably pre-testnet or even before you launch on mainnet, you have to find a way uh, to incentivize early users of the product and people who are actually willing to provide feedback and, and engage with the community, help spread the word. Um, and I think it, it, like putting out your own FT as a project is a good way to do that early on before you have the token, right? Because you, you don't have so many tools at your disposal to incentivize the community, but I found this to be a good way. And I think we really uh, got some really meaningful engagement right from the start when we, when we actually announced this program. Like what we did is we created separate missions for, um, for basically like a mission one to 10. And then what people could do through that is uh, participate in each mission. And then there was a reward, maybe a draw, maybe for doing something, writing a Medium article, uh, doing, you know, uh, just things like that. It really helped spread the word. And I think um, other projects who are at a similar stage as what we were maybe a few months ago, um, it's definitely something worth considering. Definitely agree. Uh, we're doing something similar with our Age of Romulus program, where we're essentially... Yep giving out these uh, various tiers of NFTs. And it's always cool to see um, people really, you know, take to them and kind of wear them as a badge of honor going forward. Because yeah, yeah, you can always, you can always build on top, right? On top of that ownership, even if yeah. you don't know that plan today yeah, necessarily. It's, it's fun to see the community come together. You know, they change their profile pictures. They, you know, interact with the Discord. They, you know, show off their own NFTs because, Ultimately, at the end of the day, these are not the kind of NFTs that, you know, we build like giant marketing around them and they have this, you know, like insane demand and, and that kind of stuff. It's more like, I think more of it as like a PO app, right? It's a PO app that will have, uh, that will give you additional benefits down the line uh, once the product is launched. Maybe, uh, you know, you get some increased liquidity mining rewards or, or you do something like that with it. It's, it's just that it has a tangible value, but the value comes from the protocol and not from the JPEG itself, if that makes sense. Exactly. Um, but now you've moved on uh, beyond the NFTs, right? You've, you've launched the, the, the temp uh, kind of governance token. Yeah. Um, and it would be cool to kind of hear your thoughts on, you know, how, how you see its role uh, evolving with, with the protocol launch now and kind of like what your, you know, ultimate vision for what uh, decentralized governance could look like, um, you know, yeah. in, in the longer term. Yeah, I think uh, it's a tough question these days because there are all, you know, there's a lot of arguments being made uh, for and against governance. And I think uh, there's this whole de-governance thing and, you know, people are, uh, some people are in favor of centralized protocols with strong, strong leadership. And I think 
there's a balance to be struck and, and it's definitely going to be a longer progress for Tempest, for example, to go from, uh, you know, all the way from being this uh, small project that it is now to being, uh, you know, like, you know, potentially several billion dollar project. Um, and it is kind of our job as a team to make sure that the transition from this, you know, small protocol until, you know, we get there in a couple of years, um, it, it, the transition is very smooth, right? And decentralization comes in play throughout the whole process. What we need to do is uh, make sure that we get the community involved with uh, you know, important decisions uh, starting now and then completely hand over the control and basically make the protocol immutable um, towards you know, the end of this period. Um, but I think like it's, it's kind of a tough, uh, tough process at the moment because we can think about you know various different forms of, of uh, decentralization uh, we can talk about you know snapshot we can talk about you know on-chain voting and everything else and everything i think uh, there are so many different approaches out there that uh, even where tempest goes can potentially change in the future De definitely agree with you there i think you know a lot of the argument around whether decentralization is is possible is just a lot of people having different opinions on what needs to be decentralized and when and i, I, yeah, I think yeah. you know taking this approach of a good faith effort to do so where possible and when possible is, is the only way you actually get to an end state right it, it's hard to decentralize everything at once yeah um, especially at the early stage you know like when you're just starting out um the protocol needs some strong leadership to to first of all hold the whole thing together and also to decide on these uh, you know strategic points like which protocol are we going to integrate with first what's the product look like what is the ux put together the team everything else and then over time you know we can transition to uh, decentralization but i think in the beginning it's important to to have some uh, some leadership in the in the project definitely um and kind of on that topic of, of the temp token um you're currently launching a program uh, with Alchemist, uh, kind of using their Crucible uh, platform. And I had previously not been aware um, of, of Crucible. Um, I, I don't know yeah. how many people are. And so it would be, be great to hear your kind of thinking and kind of participating in that and, and what it even is. Right. Um, I think... Uh like a good place to start here is like our collaboration with Balancer, which is where the whole thing kind of started. Um, so we got a grant from Balancer uh, back in summer of this year uh, to build the custom AMM that we designed for the principal slash yield token, uh, which by the way is a um, kind of like a custom version of the stable swap implementation of Curve. Uh, and, it, and it is using scaled balances and, and ramps up the amplification coefficient over time to account for the decreasing volatility between the principal and the yield token and make sure that you know the price impact and the slippage for the trades is optimal from the beginning to the end of the pool um, so we got a really good like um, relationship with balancer we have a grant uh, with them and then uh, you know they helped us uh, bring this project to life basically through the amm uh, and then after that, we actually did a balancer LBP as well, which is the how we launched the token when we found out about the Alchemist team, who are you know the team behind the Copper Launch platform. Um, and then we were impressed by you know the, the, their professionalism and security and 
and everything else. And it really worked, uh, worked out well for us. So um, when we thought about uh, ways in which we can implement some form of staking for users so that we can reward them uh, before the actual staking comes online, you know, later, uh, probably early next year, um, then we thought of, uh, you know, various ways in which we can do that. And we thought like incentivizing a balancer pool with 80% uh, temp and 20% uh, ETH was uh, uh, the best way to do it. Uh, and that's what we did. So, um, you know, the Crucible program basically is um, similar to other reward programs, but the Crucible itself is a very unique product. And um, what it what it is basically is uh, is a smart contract wallet, right? That's uh, built into an NFT. So it's kind of like a cool, cool little thing. Um, and I think uh, there was a lot of synergies between the two projects, so we could uh, easily uh, and very seamlessly put the whole thing together. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to see uh, how informed uh, Tempest has been to date by kind of initiatives by other projects, right? Because, you know, between Lido and Balancer, I, I feel like that's uh, impacted how you've both designed the platform and are, are rolling it out now. Yeah, I agree. And I think like one of the big benefits that in general Tempest has is just this ability to integrate with any other form of yield, right? So, um in terms of our rollout strategy, Lido is first, but then Rari is next, and then Yearn is next, and then Aave, Compound, like any form of staking, uh, we can just basically build a fixed rate solution very easily. Um, and then I think like it's part of the longer term plan for Tempus to do so and then continue to do so uh, throughout the you know next couple of years. Yeah, that's that's the way DeFi is going, right? It's it's building on top of uh, folks who've come before and yeah. uh, kind of exponentially unlocking more and more utility as you go, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, well, well, David, I mean, thanks so much for for joining us tonight. Um, usually, I, I try to end these calls with um, kind of just more more personal questions about your view on on DeFi, where you know it went this year. And what's really exciting you for for next year, you know, outside of Tempest alone? Uh, yeah, I think like there are a couple of things to keep an eye on. I think um, GameFi is having some incredible traction right now. Um, that kind of shows in the valuations, but it doesn't necessarily show in all cases in terms of the users. So I think it will be interesting to see and try to follow uh, if the user numbers will catch up with the with the valuations. So I think like that's one exciting thing to keep an eye on. I think in general, the fixed yield space in DeFi is gonna grow tremendously. We see like a lot of institutions entering the space. So I think the demand for fixed yield will probably uh, skyrocket. At least that's my, that's my initial uh, you know, assumption about it. And uh, we see this um, because the ETH 2.0 merge is, is still kind of a little bit far away. I think we will see an increasing um, amount of traction on, first of all, layer ones, other layer ones, and also on uh, layer two. So I'm kind of excited to see what's what's going to happen there. Definitely. Um, well, I, I think the last thing we'd like to do here is open up uh, for questions from the audience. So if anyone uh, wants to ask David a question, feel free to raise your hand and I'll, I'll select you as a speaker.
All right. Well, it looks like we did a comprehensive job up here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, can I say a few words? I think a um, couple of things about us is like, you know, mainnet is live uh, next week. Uh, so I think it's, uh, you know, check that out, guys. I think we'll have some exciting announcements and everything else coming up soon. Um, and then uh, in addition to that, Tempest is hiring. So we have... Uh, 11 people right now, but we're scaling up to a team of 25. So we have a variety of roles open. Uh, you can find them on Angel. Uh, and if you if you check out the Tempest Finance Twitter, you'll see the links posted there as well. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good night, everybody.